Blog Talk Radio. Class is in. It's time for Breaking Chains and History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Sit back, relax, learn, and listen. Pick up the phone and get involved in the conversation. 858-357-9137. Listen and learn who you are. Learn the true history of how society was physically built. Learn the history of who you really are. Learn the history of your people. It's Breaking Chains and History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on YAT Radio, leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence through history. Being sponsored by the United Theological Seminary and Bible College, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Good evening. Good evening to each and every one. And God bless you uh, from uh, Breaking Chains, History Talk. Every Tuesday, I pondered what to start our lesson off with. And uh, for African Americans, or just Africans, or those who are who, uh, uh, from the African dispersion, uh, there's a lot of things that we discussed and we have been mistaught about slavery by white America. They say the Bible uh, was built upon slavery and the Bible talks about slavery. And I'm not saying that it's not found in the Bible, but I'm saying that it is interpreted incorrect. And I want you to understand tonight, I'm going to start off teaching tonight about biblical slavery. And I'll go back into some other things with the origin of man. And I'll talk about emancipation proclamation about the slavery uh, in America. And I'll talk about some genetics. And i talk about uh, there was uh, uh, people of African uh, Ancestry that was in in the Americas, maybe four thousand years before Columbus ever set foot here. Uh, not on solve because Columbus, although we have Columbus Day is October the twelfth. Uh, Columbus never we've been miseducated. Columbus never set foot on uh, in America. Amen. It's important that we understand too that 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 that, that slavery is nothing but an act of the devil. Satan was put here by Satan himself. It is important that we understand those who are Christian, those who are studious of your Bible, that you would understand that when God created earth, that the earth was born and without form, Satan would had already been kicked to the earth by by uh, God had Michael to put Satan out of heaven. Satan was wandering around. That's why he was able to embody the serpent. Well, Satan Satan was already on this earth, and it is Satan who orchestrated slavery. And I'm, I'm about to, I am about to show you this biblically, how Satan orchestrated slavery. And I'm going to tell you something about slavery. Amen. Uh, okay, now, uh, 
in the Bible, it talks about when God created mankind. They said, and that that's in um, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, verses thirty six. 26 through 28 and it says and it says then god said let us make man in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish the sea the birds of the air over all the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created them Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply in numbers. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, and everything, every living creature that moves upon the earth. Now, now God told me to say, God said, I give you every seed, a barren plant, on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it, they will be yours for food. See, when God created man, he first created man to be a vegetarian, a herbivore. Man later on became a flesh eater. But what's very important about this, he told man that he gave man authority to rule over everything. He told him that he gave man authority over the fish of the sea to follow that and every creature thing that was that creeped upon the earth. And so he so he creates man. Then they said that God put man in the garden. I want you to pay close attention. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm gonna show you why slavery began from being slothful, being lazy because of curse from the devil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man that the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you shall certainly die. That spiritual death in the sin. Now I'm going to take you over to the part where man, where Satan caused man to go into the hatred and man to look at how, excuse me, how Satan really orchestrated slavery. Watch this, watch, watch. It says, and then this is Genesis, I'm going to go from Genesis 3, 15 through 19. It's, and I'm going to do the NIV. It says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you shall strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pain in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desires will be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Now here it comes. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the fruit of the tree about which I command you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. A curse now. Because you, because you through painful toil 
you ate food from it. All the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plant of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, and thus you are, and thus you shall return. Now listen what he told Adam, and this is what it came from. Satan calls man to have to fall, to work very, very hard. Satan called mankind to fall, and man had to work very hard. Man had to fall. Listen to what it said. It said, from the sweat of your brow. Now, he told him, you were you laying around now, but from the sweat of your brow, he said, through painful tar, I told him, say, through painful tar, he said, curse the ground because of you. Through painful tar, that means struggling and working hard, you will eat from it. All the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plant of the field. And then he said, from the sweat of your brow, hard, hard work, you will eat your food. And then he said, from dust to hour, dust I shall return, that man would die physically. Now, listen, when I when I said this, you may ask where I'm going with this. From that point on, man had to labor hard. He no longer was, until he listened at Satan, he would name the animal and all the tree. He just picked it enough for him to live off of. Everything, he didn't have to worry about killing animals, cleaning them. Because I read to you earlier, every vegetable and fruit was for him. He was supposed to be, I, I, I told you that he was supposed to be a vegetarian, a herbivore. He wasn't supposed to be a carnivore, which is a meat eater. Now, Satan brought sin into it when he made them have to work. Man is lazy. Man didn't want to do the work, so man started getting involved in slavery. Now, it is important that we, we look at these things about mankind because throughout your Bible, you're going to find out that it's been said that, 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 that slavery was okay biblical, but slavery was never okay biblical. God did not stop it, nor did God condone it. God only told me some laws for them how to treat a person if that person was a slave. Now, before I go any further, I want you want to give you some instructions to study. You will find out that if a Hebrew person, that you find out that 90, almost 99% of the people down there had some people through war and things like that who were, 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 were captured and ended up being slaves. But the rest of the people mainly sold themselves to servitude. Sometimes that they were talking about a uh, man selling his daughter into slavery. All that was dealing with was a diary where he would give his wife, he would sell his daughter to someone like a diary, and they'd still do it in Africa and other places. You have to pay somebody for their daughter, and then you marry that daughter. That person's son or themselves married that child. Now, I want you to pay and, and things so it was not real slavery. 
Now, in Genesis, the 14th chapter, 14 and 14, they said that when, okay, Abraham uh, had like 318 men serving. And I listen at what it said in Genesis 14 and 14. When Abraham heard that his relative, talking about Lot, had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his house and went and pursued at Fort Dan. He went and he, re- and he battled with them and he brought his nephew Lot back. Those 313 would have been counted as servants, but they never treated a servant the way that slaves were treated. Now, with 318 individuals, you you walking around in a wilderness. You go out there, you could easily just kill this person and go on about your business. There was he took with him three hundred and eight well, three hundred and eighteen, excuse me. They could have walked on about their business, but they were not being treated. And notice the term that they use. Three hundred and eighteen trained men born in his household. This circumcised them. And everything else, it's in Genesis 14 and 14. They lived, they ate, they worked. If they shared all the crops that they grow. They shared when they were eating goat or sheep. They shared in everything that they had. And then it was illegal for a person if you had it. Now, listen at this, and I'm just going to tell you some more. In Genesis 15, chapter verse 2 and 3, it tells you that how well a slave was really to be, be honored and treated. When Abraham, you remember he was Abram first, he didn't have any children, but now it was said that, it said that Abraham says, talking to God in a vision, he says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer from Damascus? Now, Eliezer is his slave. Eliezer is the slave of, of uh, well, a servant. He wasn't really a slave, but he was a servant of Abraham or Abram. And he wasn't an Israelite. He was from Damascus. Now listen at what it say. And Abraham said, you have given me no children. So the servant in my house where is my heir. I mean, everything that the 317 servants that worked for him would have been working for the servant Eliezer. Now, all this is, is, is telling you the sheep, the cattle, the goat, whatever he had would have been for Eliezer. Now, I want you to do what you call Now, listen at this. You, you want something whenever someone want to tell you about slavery in the Old Testament? In Exodus 21 and 16, listen at what they said. If anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death, whether the whether the victim has been sold, whether this victim has been sold or is still in the kidnapper's possession, majority of, of slaves here was really kidnapped from their homeland and brought over here. They tell us and make us believe that we were 
sold in the bondage by, and, and it's true, part of some of the slaves were sold in bondage uh, by war because they were doing a big bit that, but even there, a person in Africa could become a part of part of a, part of a tribe if they stayed there and worked and, and agreed to be, go to battle with that tribe. So it was totally different from what we see today. And, and slavery was today, you know, you couldn't do it. Now, this said in Exodus 21 and 16, that, that, that if you're sold, they was to be put to death. That if anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death, whether it is the victim, whether the victim uh, has been sold, whether the victim has been sold, but still in the kidnapper's possession, that person was supposed to be killed. If they came there and they brought that person, those ship people bringing, that was bringing slaves over to America, biblically they were to be killed. Now I, I want us to, that if you think that's so, In Leviticus, now listen to what Leviticus says. I'm going to explain this to you. Leviticus 25th chapter, verse 43. Now listen to what it says. Now, you have to understand that a person that sold himself into slavery was to work for seven years. Some after six years, they granted them, they let them go. You was not really a slave. You ate good but you were working off the debt. A lot of people did not own anything, and those who owned a lot was able to hire people. Because you remember earlier, I just told you that slavery was something from the pits of hell from from Satan. When God, when Satan caused man to fail and man had to work and earn from the sweat of his brow. And, you know, when he was earning from the sweat of his brow, and thorn and thistles, he was bad. And when he had to really work, man being slothful and lazy, man that other men went and captured and, and enslaved other men to do the work for them. That's what happened in America. And, well, and, and, and the children of Israel, they were supposed to have the Hebrews. They would only work them to pay off for debt. And then if they wanted to stay on because you was eating good and you they couldn't treat you bad. Now, because in Leviticus, the 25th chapter in the 43rd verse, it says you shall not rule over him ruthlessly, but shall fear your God. In other words, God said you're not to beat him, you're not to rape him, you're not to do anything like that to them. But that's not what what happened in America. See, we have to understand that the same people that's trying to tell us that slavery was okay or was part of the Bible is a lie. You know, God looks at, and then if, if you want to find out, you say, well, that was everything, Pastor Kemp, well, Dr. Kemp, well, everything that you quoted was Old Testament. Well, you know, if then they say, well, uh, you could go in the New Testament and they had a runaway slave. In the book of Philemon, it talks about a runaway slave. 
and Paul told him to go back. Well, he owed that guy money that, that he was a, a servant under. He was under servitude, you know. Uh, 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 uh. They had different people. They had people that, that was in solely self in the slavery. There were some people that, that were uh, indentured servants and others that were there. Now, a slave could stay the rest of his life if he wanted to be there. But you still have to understand that after so long, on the day of Jubilee, they were supposed to set the slave free. Now, and I, I just read to you in uh, Leviticus 25 and 43, say you should not rule over, talking about, about talking about your servant ruthlessly, mean, or, mean, be mean to him, beat him, and kill him, but shall fear God. Now, listen to what Timothy said, and you can look this up. This is in the book of 1 Timothy, the first chapter, in the 10th verse. The sexual immoral, immoral men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Did you get that? That, that Paul, Timothy is your pastoral epistle. Timothy, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. This is the letter where Paul uh, was writing to tell them how to govern the church. He told them homosexual immoral, sexual, the sexual immoral, immoral individuals, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, those who enslave people, liars, perjurers. And whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, it's, it's not it's against God's ordinance. It's time that we that that we start studying our Bibles and find out because there's so much stuff that's contrary to God's will. God, God, God didn't will that we be slaves. Now God still do allow it because we we have slavery right now. Little girls being sold into slavery and being prostitutes right now in America. We have it all over the world still going on, where, where they're kidnapping people from, from Asian countries and bringing them up here by ship, sneaking them in, having them working in massage parlors and going in the back and servicing uh, the gentlemen or the men. That That's today. God pimping young girls and beat them and keep them making money and, and servitude. That's a form of slavery. But the slavery in the Bible was totally different from the day. You get an opportunity. You could go to a Christian, what is it's, it's a called it's called a Christian. <laughs> It's called by a deal with Christian. It's a Christian Bible study group that discuss different topics, and you could find out uh, from them. You could look; they'll give you all the information you need. ChristianQuestion.com, and, and it, it'll answer. You could ask questions, and you could come up with with the scriptures necessary to refute anything someone said. And for 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 centuries we've been bombarded that blacks should be slaves and 
things like that. We've been bombarded with, you know, the reason why I came up, I wanted this is because slavery was, uh, ended with the emancipation in 1863 in America, but it, uh, but the import of slave bringing in slaves to America had ended long before then. Uh, it ended in 1803, but the South continued to bring slaves in. But nevertheless, what I'm trying to say is, so they we were taught. Now, now this is crazy. We were taught that slavery was okay by the Bible. But I, I, and I, I, I'm a person that I just excuse me if I stutter a little, but I'm a person that you can't just tell me anything because I will study. I will study and I will find some information about that matter. You can't just tell me anything. Do you know, too, in America, America is, is, is just going haywire with the voting rights and things like that. Don't you know they have what they call a Confederate Bible? And I'm, I'm looking at purchasing one just to look at a, a person mindset because it's still, still carrying over right now. The effects of it is still permeating throughout our country today. And when I say our country, I'm talking about America because the majority of African Americans have been here longer than the majority of the whites. The majority of the whites came to Ellis Island. And if you want to look it up, it's called the Confederate Bible, and you can find out the Sisters of the Confederacy. They was they taught their children all these racist things that 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 we hear, and that's why one thing that the, the children have been taught by elders about being uh, racist, and so long as that's going through, and and the children are, are being taught by elders, and see that's what we learn from a child is not to uh, not not born to be a, a racist. A child is, that's a taught behavior. You know, that's a taught behavior. And and, and, and so when I look at a white person, a person of Caucasian uh, persuasion, I look at somebody who have been trained in the art of white supremacy. Now, it's important that we understand, too, the difference in the slavery that I just came there where Eliezer lived in the house and he ate and he was able to inherit Abraham's fortune and you wasn't supposed to beat a slave, whatnot, so you wasn't supposed to beat the slave or mistreat the slave. And if you were caught, Selling a, a selling a slave or selling someone, uh, you go kidnap a person like so many of us today were kidnapped from Africa and brought here. You saw that on roots. They didn't buy them. They went in with guns and raided villages. And what's so bad about it today that we see? I often time often I, I, I on 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 this program. I use the saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. Where if you think about what's been said, it's, it's been taught to us that 
all we did, we sold our own people into slavery. But that's far from the truth. They were doing that first. They did. Some did. Don't get me wrong. Some did. But the majority of them were captured. The white men would go over and shoot up villages and would take the younger slaves because they were younger, they would live longer, and they could take the journey, and they could work them longer, and they were easy to to train and learn a language, another language. But I want us to understand that when blacks first came into slavery, you know, some of the first ships that came um, to uh, to the America, the ship, uh, it came to Fort Summer. Uh, April of 12, 18, uh, with that, what, 16, um, 1619. Excuse me, didn't that, I mean, excuse me, it didn't come to Fort Summer, but it, the first slave came to America in, in, in 1619. But now we have to understand that from that point on, they had a many, many slaves that came over. You know, some of the greatest things that, uh, places that people came to America was 26% of the slaves came from the Congo. Mbongdu, the blight of Bifora, talking about the Igbo, the Tankers, or the Buai, or Bulos, that was 24%. Sierra Leone, 15.8%. The Mende and the Temes, Synagogue Bamba, the Mandika, you heard about Manduka water, Fule and the Wolofs, about 14% of the slaves came from there. From the Windward, or where they, they tell me the Gold Coast, Akan, Akan was 13.1%. The Windward Coast, Madi, and the Keys were 5%. The Bride of uh, Benai, Yoruba, Eva, the Fulani, 4.3%, which I am, I have some um, Yoruba, Igbo, uh, I have uh, some Mandinka, and some others when I that when I went through my heritage, but they're just saying where most of the slaves that came to the Americas were the percentage of it. And a lot of them came from the Congo and, uh, and, and Angola, because here in Louisiana and certain parts of Louisiana, specifically in the Felicianas, uh, around where the uh, state of uh, maximum security prison is, the name of the place is called Angola, Louisiana, because the plantation set on 18,000 acres, and which is the prison now that set on 18,000 acres. And uh, the slave that were there was from Angola, so they named the place Angola. Now, it's important that we understand, too. Now, I told you earlier that in January the 1st, 1808, it was, eight, I said 1803, but excuse my mistake, that the U.S. official banned the importation of slaves from Africa and the West Indies. 
And it was all it was banned in the slaves in eighteen oh seven, but it was officially put together uh in eighteen oh seven. Now again, now at the slaves at Print Comfort were the first place where the slave did come in in Virginia, around Jamestown, and and that was sixteen nineteen. Now, but just to go further, but because the slave read that our forefathers and, and, and African Americans forefathers, because I pray that we have some Caucasians that who are listening in tonight will understand just just the horror that we face. Uh, they would take you to Gurry Island or Gurry Castle, and they would keep them there for months crowded where people had to stand up the whole time and when they would take time to sit down but they wasn't cleaning the place you were standing in your own feces for months then you was loaded on a ship for a two to almost three month journey chained to the bottom of woods your bed sores yearning and feces on yourself you made too much noise you were beat People dying and being thrown overboard, the sick being thrown overboard because they couldn't get money for them. Then when you was brought here, you was you wasn't fed a good meal. The food they didn't have you on a good diet. You wasn't eating much, but they were working you from sun up to sundown. You were raped. You were sodomized. You were whipped. You were burnt. You were lynched. But this day, but for some reason today, they don't want this part tied in school today. The true history, the true history, just how low uh, the Caucasian race have been throughout history. The lie about you look at how Rome is built up with the Colosseum. Rome been collecting then slaves. Who you think built Rome up the the Colosseum that Rome had? Rome they didn't build it. Man have been lazy. I told you, I took you back to the time of Adam and, and and Eve, and I told you that when slave when 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 sin came into the world, Satan brought sin into the world, and laziness followed. Man didn't want to do his own work, so he got servants to do it. Those who could pay for it. Paid for those who had the strong arm, they did it. America was built on slavery. Over 250 years, right at 300 years, are uh, nothing but being in servitude. Now, those are the, that's how long it was before Emancipation Proclamation, but it lasted even longer. It lasted 300 and something plus years because man started sharecropping. I didn't know, I couldn't understand how could a person be a sharecropper when you don't share on the profit what a person gets. You work you from sunup to sundown in that field, the sugarcane cotton field. They got rich and you was on there, you stayed on the land and the only thing you did, you had the, the money that, the little money you got, you bought from their stores <laughs> and so you didn't make anything. You didn't make enough to buy your own, buy you somewhere, somewhere to live and to move away. 
And I know how this go because I've seen my people, my relatives, and I've seen how my father had to come off of the plantation by saving his money up when he went over in World War II. Now, it's very important for us to to say uh, that I told you that in 1808 that the United States officially banned the importation of slaves from Africa. I mean, you couldn't bring slave ships would not be entering to the United States with, 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 with cargo of slaves. But the southern states, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, and, 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 and Tennessee, Arkansas, all these countries continue to, to want to slaves because they wanted free labor. So they wanted to uh, uh, leave the Union, secede from the Union. And uh, since they wanted to secede from the Union, that's how the Civil War started. The lie is, and this, this is the lie that that was the, that 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 the war was wasn't started by slavery, but the war was. They say it was more than just slavery. There was state rights and the Western expansion. Well, the state rights consisted that the Southern states wanted to keep slaves, and that's why they wanted to pull out. So that 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 lie that they tell in history is a lie. They don't tell you that the people who came here, brought here, were no more than a bunch of poor dummies, vagabonds that came off the street, out of jail, who didn't own anything, who came here. So they didn't want to work. They were lazy. Most of them were a whole lot of them were alcoholics. And so the slaves had to do the work and build a country. So the... Civil War really started April the 12th, 1861. That was the start of the war. And the first shot was fired at, on April the 12th. It was fired at Summer Springs, for Summer Springs. Okay, and they said it was 4 a.m. that the first shot was fired at Fort Springs Summer. Okay, that's the beginning. The southern uh, states left the Union in 1860. In April 12, 1861, was the start of the war. Now, it's important that we that we that we pick up on this. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation actually happened. Now, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Emancipation Proclamation really occurred in 1883. 1883, that's when the war was just about over with, and um, they signed Emancipation Proclamation. But today, the reason why we celebrate Juneteenth is not because the other states knew that the war was over with. The Emancipation Proclamation was January the 1st. 1863, and the U.S. approached its third year in a bloody civil war. In the third year of the war, 
President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. The proclamation declared that all persons here as slaves within uh, the rebellious states, meaning the South, are and henceforth shall be free. But now, here it is. The slaves in Texas didn't know they were free until June 19, 1865. So you're looking at two years and over five months later, almost six months, you could say six months later, yeah, six months later, uh, two years and six months, that the slaves in Texas found out. Now, the history book tell us that, that some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas, or Galveston, Texas, the Army announced that more than 250,000 enslaved blacks in the state of Texas were free by executive decree. This day came to be known, and that's why we have it as the decree as June 19th. And it was not because that's the day that, that, that slavery was supposedly put to an end. It was no, okay. In 1808, that's when they told them that they could not bring any more slaves into the United States, import them to bring them in. But the, the southern states did not uh, listen. They continued to bring the slaves in, and they were not going to give up slavery. See, now, the decree that, that, that President Lincoln had gave, it, it was took over like I say, two years and six months uh, to be abolished for slavery. So on January the 1st, 1865, the true abolition or abolition of uh, slavery was achieved when the 13th Amendment was ratified on December the 6th, 1865. Now, I want you to understand about this now. Slavery was ratified, but there was a ratification of that with the uh, 13th Amendment. Now, the 13th Amendment didn't help uh, do us justice because it said that if a person committed a crime, they could be put back into servitude. Now, now, now what they're saying that you could be put back into servitude I mean, if you committed a crime, all now slavery is just over with, right? In 1865. So, but you could be put back in the servitude. Servitude is slavery. So, in essence, if you committed a crime, if you were walking around off the plantation, they got a law called vagrant. If you didn't, couldn't show where you had money, you couldn't show where you had a job, anything, you could be locked up. Now they just set you free. Any little crime you commit or any crime they said that you committed, they would send you to jail and they would hire you back to the same plantation that you just left off to work for free. So it, it was a double-edged sword because when President Johnson came in after the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln, he came in, he pulled the troops out of the South, and then the night riders and the clans started riding. 
You couldn't walk the street or to try to move from the plantation because you would have been lynched, burned, or hung. Okay, so the most of the people stayed right where they were. They could not read. They didn't know anyone, didn't have anywhere to go. So, so many stayed in the South. Now, I'm going to read this and then, uh, because I think it's important, because now, they, they asked which state had, had the more slaves in, in 1790. Well, the the state with the more slaves in 1790 was Virginia. They had 292,627. South Carolina had 107,000. 94. Maryland had 103,076. North Carolina had 100,572. They had more in that area where they first started bringing them in than they had in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, or any other place. Uh, for the that to say. And also, I found out that some of my people, uh, specifically on my dad's side, were were were, um, were mulattoes and they were sold from uh, South Carolina to Louisiana. <laughs> so I do have some ancestors, but the most important thing too I want you to get is this: slavery started not slavery, but our history started long before the history of America. Blacks played an important role in the Bible. We played an important role. And you're trying to figure out who you are because we don't know who we are. You are the original human being. When I say the original, I mean that you are truly the original human being. All you have to do is talk to some anthropologists or geneticists and begin to sit down those who are not trying to hide what they've already written. I'll pick up the book and you'll find out. They have already written that you are that person, that life came, started, originated in Africa from dark-skinned people, people of color from Africa. Uh, those are the original human beings. And, and this is proof by their own anthropology, the study of man. We're going to look into it because I want us to understand. And I, I, I can also coincide this, too, with the Bible. Now, they have uh, what you call Australopithecus. Uh, and, that, and, that, and that's uh, dealing with uh, anthropology, Australopithecus and Xanthropy and things like this. This deal with... Uh, uh, the study of mankind, anthropology, the origin of man. Now, I just had someone to tell, ask me a question at the why as we were working out the Bible contradicting itself because the Bible, uh, the world is could define fossils and every and of uh, individual that's more than six thousand years old. Dinosaurs more than 6,000 years old. And I want to ask 
And what Bible did anyone see where they said 600,000 years ago God created the heavens and the earth? The Bible only says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now I know where it comes from. They talk about Methuselah after Adam, how long he lived, and then they count the time of Methuselah. And we don't know how long it was before God started allowing things to start counting. Methuselah lived 969 years, which is the longest living individual that we have record of, before man starts slowly dying. Okay, uh, they talk about Lucy being Australopithecus, and they're talking about that in 1974 in Ethiopia, they found a fossil of a uh, procounter of evolution also because uh, she uh, was a household name at that time. And the name Lucy became a household name because Don Johansson and Tom Gray uh, was looking for some rocks and other things when they stumbled up on, on Lucy, uh, the pelvis bone and some other bones of a female. And when they dated her, she would, would date back to 3.18 million years. Now, this is someone black. And I want you to really put this together. I don't, it, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're Caucasian or you're black. I want you to look up and find out when they go look for the oldest fossils or the origin of the human race, they go to Africa. Now, I, I need to put a little period there just for a moment. If you read your Bible, because you're going to say, well, well, what you've been taught is that everything started over in Asia, around, way, 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 around Asia, and that's not the truth. The Bible declared by the Garden of Eden, you've been trained to that, that notion, but you haven't been trained for the truth. If you read your Bible, this is that when God created created the garden, where, man, where he put Adam and Eve was going to be, when he created it, it came from four river heads. One river turned to four river heads. And the first is the Gion, and the second is the Pishon. Well, the Gion and the Pishon both are the Nile River. And they said that the, now the Gion, it, it encompassed the land of Havilah, which is Cush, where that's Beldona. Well, that's Ethiopia. That's on the African continent. And then the other one, what they talk about is the Pishon. And they say about something about it in the land of uh, Deja Budi, which is Somaliland, which is Somalia. All this is on is, 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 is Africa, on the eastern parts of Africa. Now, I, 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 I know that. The flood, when he did it, when God created in the second chapter of the book of Genesis, I know that the flood not, did not occur until around the ninth or tenth chapter of the book of Genesis. When the flood, when the flood occurred, about the ninth chapter of Genesis, when Noah and the flood. So that was before the deluge was to God, but then that 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 just change the whole geography of the land masses after the flood. That part ended up having 
the uh, Gulf of Sazan, they end up with the River Sea and other different lakes that, that divided the land masses. It's even been said, if you want to do some uh, research on it, about uh, the Red Sea, they said land bridge. In other words, where you can see that it was all connected together at one time. So now, now I will, that's what I want you to see. Now, then they go on and they talk about the Hidekia and the and, uh, Euphrates River. Now, it's been said that the Hidekia River is the Tigris River. Now, the Hidekia being the Tigris River, but I, I beg the difference because they said that the Hidekia ran east and west, but the Hidekia runs parallel with the Tigris River today. And that's north and south. So I don't think that the uh, Hidekia River uh, is, uh, is is the Tigris River because it does not run the way that the Bible says that it would run. So I'm uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, they got it wrong. Whoever was trying to uh, interpret what it was saying was getting it wrong because they were trying to say that keep it in Asia, which it was never within the Garden of Eden, because uh, case in print is that in the Garden, it had every animal. And just to say right there in that small vicinity, you couldn't have giraffe, lions, you know, rhinos, or hippos, cheetahs, uh, uh, leopards, you name them, wolves, and all of these other animals, you could not have them. You know, you couldn't have all these different types of animals. And and then with this, you'll find out that um, the garden was a very large place. Now, before I move on a little bit, I'm, I want to tell you about the Abantu River. Now, the Nile River is the Hidikia, not the, excuse me, not the Hidikia, but the Nile River is the Pashon and the Guyon. And the Nile River splits off in one part go around uh, Ethiopia and, and the other one go around uh, Somalia and then it empties out into the Mediterranean. But now that 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 and, and you can look that up in your Bible. You can look that up with a Bible or a book and it will tell you that uh, during the creation that that's where the garden was located at, that those are the rivers they're talking about. You have what you call the Blue Nile and you have what you call the White Nile. But there's also a river that could be the Hidekia River that springs off it because it it does run east and west. It's called a Bantu River. But it's time that we start researching it because right now, they're talking about turning the, the country back over a white since we had a black president. They're saying that uh, we can't teach true history because then white kids are going to find out that they didn't uh, discover, didn't invent, and that they were savages that committed genocide, rape, and other things. So it wasn't nothing good about anything that they ever done. Everything that they ever did was being a heathen. And the children 
have to learn to deal with true history. It's time that we be transparent. After when President Obama came in, into being and he came to be president, the Tea Party formed. And the Tea Party main thing was we want our country back. And oftentimes most blacks said I and did not understand what they were saying. What they were saying that we had mass enough people of color to vote and put people in office. And this is what I mean. You had enough Native Americans, people are Hispanics, you know, from, from Mexico and Hispanics or Latin Americans, and a few and some white votes would give, and you didn't have to get a high, high percentage of white. But if you could have got 15 to 20 percent, 20 percent of white votes and got 15 percent of of, um, of uh, Latino votes, take the 15 percentage of them, yet they get their 15 percent of the voters of America. You had you had 40 percent and then America, then the black is 13 percent. That would give you fifty. That would give you about fifty-three right there, not counting the people from Asia and others. So that would be enough to get you in. And they're afraid that they're going to lose their power and will not rule America anymore. That also a young, uh, not young lady, but a lady that that worked in the cabinet of President George. Uh, I mean, not George Bush, but President Biden. She made a statement that just, it just, just really touched me that people would make that statement that the people in America, they should have a mandate that America should have no more than one or two kids. And, and it's, 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 it's no secret that the white population and white childbirth has de- decreased. African-American childbirth is staying the same. It's level off, being the same. But Hispanic birth rate is sky high. And so they don't want them in to populate because they're going to lose their power with a democracy. So now they want to fix it, rig the voting thing where if they don't like the way the voting come out, they can say who they want to win by the state. And they're red states. That's what's going on. So it's a lot of things that are going on that, that that we're seeing and things. And so I was telling you about that. But now I want I want to go on since that I was telling you the reason I told you about in Ethiopia. But I wanted to let you know that that was part of the Garden of Eden. Now you had Lewis and Mary Douglas Leakey. They were from they were really Britain uh, paleontologists. Who, who did discover the first uh, fossil proconsul school. Now, but that proconsul school wasn't a human. It was a stink ape, which is now believed to be uh, the ancestor of the human race. But they, they found, uh, discovered a robust, what they call Zenzantropus. Now, Zenzantropy simply means East Africa. They found a skull in the O.D. Dodge in Tanzania, in, uh, in, in East Africa, and uh, the archaeological and anthropological fossils that they found 
of an ancestor to an ape. Then they found human remains in the O.D. Gorge. And while excavating in the O.D. Gorge, they found different arrowheads that date back over a million. Now, this one could go back to 2.7 million years ago. But that's in Zantropy. And they found these fossils, and they tell us that mankind have been much longer than what we thought that man had been there. But now listen at this. Listen at this, if you will. And uh, I had I was talking with the city council person of my area, and uh, she had invited me to her office, and we sat down and just had a conversation, and she was picking my head about certain things, and she texted me back because she she didn't take the correct notes. But uh, I told her that everybody came from one lady. And I know that we we in the Bible it talks about Adam and Eve, but now this lady's name is Eve. Now, if we trace back the DNA at the my, my, at, at, at the maternal, you know, heritage part the, of mitochondria within ourselves, all humans all humans, excuse me, have a theoretical common ancestor. This woman known as Mitochondria Eve, she is between 100 to 200,000 years ago she lived in South Africa. She wasn't the first human, but every other female lineage eventually had no female offspring. Fell in the past on the mitochondria DNA as a result. All humans today, listen at me, not Africans, but all humans today, Africans too, but I'm saying Every race, I don't care if you're Chinese, Japanese, I don't care if you're Russian, I don't care if you where you're from, Brazil, America, wherever you're from, we carry her DNA. Now listen at this. As a result, all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to her. Within her DNA and that of her peers exists all the genetic variation we see in contemporary humans since Eve time. Since 200,000 years ago, everybody carries her DNA. White, black, dead, I don't care, care, yellow, whatever color you are, you carry her because we all came from that black woman. See, in contemporary humans today, Eve time, different populations of humans have drifted apart genetically forming distinct ethnic groups that we see today. Now, about three, about 3,300, about 2,000, about 2,300 years ago, uh, they found a man that had died about 2,300 years ago in South Africa. They found his fossils. And what they noticed when they were able to get DNA that when they got their mitochondrial DNA from this man, they found out this guy in Southern Africa is the closest relative yet known to the humanity common to the female ancestry of mitochondria Eve. They know that he was he lived in a fishing area where there was fishing, and his genetics there was, was matched Eve's. 
Now, the place where they found his, his, his remains is called St. Helen Bay in South Africa. By a geologist name was Andrew Smith of the University of Cape Town. Now, as we sequenced everything, they found out that the first humans came from sub-Saharan Africa, which really is the cradle of humanity to have had DNA sequence. Now, that, that, that's something that we need to look at, and then we may be thinking, say, well, Pastor, well, Dr. Kemp, well, why do it look so different? And I've, I always love to talk about this. Why do we look so different from the way uh, whites look different from blacks? Now, I want you to understand that out of Africa, when, when, when the blacks start leaving out of Africa and moving to other areas from that hot African climate and the sun thing, because Africa had a lot of desert areas, about 70,000 out of Africa started 70,000 years ago. After modern humans established themselves in Africa, small populations launched out to establish a foothold in Asia. That's over where we see the Holy Land or, or Babylon and all that, Iraq and all in those areas that Saudi Arabia. Uh, you have, as you notice, they are dark-skinned people. Asia, before they spread it east to Europe, and they spread, they say that they spread it east to Europe maybe about 40,000 years ago, and then reaching the America went west to the Americas. Now, I want you to understand that we're, that the people were black, and and this is what I want you to understand now. The, the the one our our greatest and the father of uh, genetics, his name is Gregor Mendel, and he talks about inheritance involving the passing on of discrete units of inheritance, talking about genes that come pass on from our parents to us, from one flower to another, from one animal to another. We pass on different genes. That's why you a whole lot of people look like their father. They look like their mother because the genes are passed on. But now, through his study, he found out that even with plants, a dog plant was dominant. A white plant would be a recessive. He found out that black and brown skin and brown eyes were dominant. He found out that light skin or white, what, what, what Caucasians are, come from a recessive gene, but black and brown came from dominant gene. Brown eyes came from a dominant gene. Blue eyes came from a recessive gene. Now, if you look up the definition of, of dominant, dominant means superior. Recessive mean a lower form. So it's this. You could take two of the blackest people in the Sudan, and certain areas of the Sudan is where the darkest people on the planet live. And you could take them, and they could have a child, and that child could come out albino. I mean, that child could look white, come out white. 
So you could you could get the recessive from the dominant, but you cannot get the dominant from the recessive. You uh, two whites cannot produce a black child. Why? Because that it all started with black. So blacks came in the variations, and they had to go through what you call a mutation. Now, this is something that happened, and I want you to understand this. Mendel's study showed that there were three laws that had the law of independent separation, that if we independently separate ourselves and just where a certain look of Caucasian people just move independently, separate themselves and live together, they will produce children that look like them with the same recessive gene. And the law of, of uh, dominance is that if you have the people uh, with the dominant genes or dominance, it, you're going to produce a dominant race. Segregation means when you separate, and that's what happened with the Europeans and us, is separation, but I want you to listen at this. Now, why we look different, and, and, and those of you who are going through COVID now, we have this different strain of COVID. I see I'm running close to running out of time. Time, but we went through the human beings go through what you call a mutation, just like the variants that they have in the different types of COVID. Now, if you look at Webster Dictionary, it defines a mutation that it is the change of a structure of a gene resulting in a variant form that may be transmitted to subsequent generations, meaning that that mutation, that variant of a structured gene. It can be transmitted to different generations. When they went over in Europe, their skin changed, color changed, and the texture of a lot of them hair changed. That was it. And they said that caused by the alteration of a single base unit in DNA or depletion, insertion, or rearrangement of a larger section of a gene. Do you know that the reason why why we call people albinos because there's a, 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 a deletion of the gene melanin in that individual? That's why we have albinos. Albinos uh, have a, a deletion of, of that gene of, of melanin uh, in their body. The same as Caucasian, but I, I don't think they would ever want you to call them an albino because they know that being a bottle just just tells that they are recessive. Now it now they said now listen at this closely and you can look it up for yourself. The mutation is ultimately the only way in which new variants enter a species. How did new variants enter the human species? Through a mutation. They started off black and they and they end up end up being different colors. They have them look at Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, all these different things. So what what everybody was drawn from one black woman lady and her name was mitochondria Eve. I, I, I had more more things that I would look wanted to talk but I, I had to talk about the today. I had to go back over um about about the Civil War, and I had to talk 
to you pertaining to emancipation proclamation. But there's this big thing about blacks listening to white preachers and what they have taught our ancestors about slavery and about that God, God ordained. God did not ordain slavery. Satan ordained it. He brought it in here. When man had to work hard, he said, what are your brows? Genesis, the third chapter, verse 16 through 19. It talks about how hard and thorns and thistles, how he would tar me, hard work. Man was lazy. Why do you think that that, that, that that place had blacks in the field picking cotton and cutting sugar cane? If you ever saw how hard that work is, you'll know why and you didn't see, see black whites out there. Because they did just what Satan brought into the world. Satan brought that in here by telling Adam and Eve. Well, told Eve, and then Adam listened to his wife Eve, and they all they went into uh, sin, and God cursed them, and He cursed the ground. He told them that they were surely going to die. He told them that you know from dust they came, and dust that they still return. See, man was to live forever. Mankind was created to live forever. But they were created to be herbivores. And we were created. If you read in the second chapter that they say every plant, every vegetable, every fruit was given man for, for man to eat. But after man sinned and God had to kill an innocent animal, from that point on, man started eating meat. And that's why the older, older, I know the old African Americans always would tell us, my, my grandparents, my parents would tell us, you don't kill nothing that you're not going to do. Amen. God bless you. I, I was really, really uh, down tonight. A brother that's always calling in. Every, every, just about every night on the um, these ministries that we go through and also on this history talk with myself. He was my musician. He played the keyboard for me. And uh, a brother, a fellow veteran, uh, name was uh, Melvin Adams, Minister Melvin Adams. He passed this morning and I was been really, really uh, sort of depressed because of he would be on here with myself and uh, with Pastor Williams uh, religiously, and uh, I'm going to miss him so much. And waiting for his son to get back with me for arrangements of service sometime this week, he will tell me how, what arrangements are being made to finalize uh, Minister Melvin Adams. But again, I've been just struck with so many people dying my niece just just had a phone call right before i came on air find out that my niece's father just passed so it's i'm being been bought been been bombarded with deaths and preaching funeral after funeral i've been having to preach um it's, it's one of those things and death come and I, I would only tell you we all need to start trying to live right put our guns away, put all this criminal action that we're doing, the hatred, and, and practice love, and live uh, for Jesus. And so when we do, 
uh, transition, we have a heavenly home. Amen. God bless you. Uh, are there anyone that have any questions? Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Uh, thank you for that powerful show. Uh, I'm going to open up the lines now. Uh, Pastor Kemp is taking calls. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or statements, the line is open for you now. God bless you. Good evening and welcome to the show. You're live on the air with Dr. Kemp. Yes, Dr. Kemp. This is um, Charlesina Harris, Melvin Adams' sister. I've been coming on a couple of times with you all, and I was trying to hang on to let you know that he had passed, but I am glad that his son got in touch with you. So um, I just want to ask you all for your prayers, and I enjoyed the, the service. So y'all keep us in your prayers. And I know you will miss Melvin because I sure am going to miss him also. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I'm truly going to miss him. Uh, whenever he had a question about different things, he would call me and say, Pastor, I know you have the answer. You're always studying and the books that you go through and the different schools that you've been through. And he would always call me and we would have a conversation. And then we both went through some of the same things in our past, past and things. Yes. had directed him into coming and he would share with myself and Reverend Williams, who um, we would uh, just throughout the weekdays if I wasn't teaching class like I'm out for the summer. Um, he was yeah. beyond. I've been missed him a couple of days. He's been missed. And this morning when I got a call earlier this morning, Brother uh, Robert uh, Palmer called me. And he, oh, he had okay. Wife, and he was the one to tell me, Robert Palmer called. And so uh, he had, uh, Brother Melvin had introduced me to his neighbor because she was trying to start up a business. And um he told her maybe I could help her with uh, getting some information. So I was trying to help her out. And so I, I said, well, I, I haven't heard this. Let me try to find somebody that could let me know if it's true. So she was the one yeah. that got in contact with his son. And she called me back crying. And I'm going like, okay. Um, yes, yes. No, now. Yes. yes, sir. Well, his son knows how to contact you all, so that's why I stayed on the on the line so I could let you know. I didn't know Chris had. He told me someone had called uh, for him to get in touch with, but he didn't really know who it was. I told him, well, I've been on the show a couple of times with Melvin, so um, I knew I had the information to call and go on. So I'm glad you know because I know he will want you all to know why he wasn't there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Thank you, and you all be blessed. You too, ma'am. Are there any other callers uh, for Dr. Kemp? Uh, the line is open for you uh, before we get out of here. Okay, well, we thank you for your presence. I see that you're there, but we thank you for your presence and uh, pray that something was said that uh, you can uh, be educated and come closer to your identity. 
All right, Pastor, it's back on you, sir. Again, I want to I want to thank take the time just to say thank you to each and everyone who who are uh, listening and those who are participating uh, tonight. And I'm, as I echo the sentiments of uh, Pastor William, it is my prayer that something was said or done within this uh, radio broadcast that gave you some knowledge of yourself and uplifted your self-esteem and knowing that you are someone and that there have been so many lies that have been written and that the people that, that, that who portray these lies are individuals trying to build themselves up and tear the character of, uh, of those of African or dark descent uh, knowing that the Hebrews were were uh, uh, were dark skinned people, were, were black people, they know that they were. The Egyptians know that they were, but they have painted everything white. All the apostles, disciples, the, the judges, the prophet Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, everybody in Jesus, everybody who been painted white, Egyptians. They'll be the first to tell you Egyptians come from Ham of the dark, uh, and Ham is the progenitor of the dark race. But then when they show them on television, everybody's white because they understand how to brainwash a person is that a picture is worth a thousand words. Amen. God bless you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and pray out. And again, I want everyone, as I pray out, to pray for Melvin Adams' family, Minister Melvin Adams. Please, sir, please, ma'am, please pray and uplift this family. We've lost a soldier who would be right here with Pastor Williams on nights. I wouldn't be able to be there. He'd be right there with Pastor Williams, and he really enjoyed it. He'd call and tell me just how much he really enjoyed it. Heavenly Father, we come in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we come asking, Lord, that you would look upon us. Now, Lord, we ask that you would look upon us and, Lord, if we have sinned in any form or fashion against your holy word, that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, if we sin by omission or commission. Now, Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would stand by us as we go through all our adversities, the ups and downs of life, as we suffer the good days and bad days, Lord. We understand that there's no wound that Mother Earth could give that God cannot heal. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for joy. We thank you for pain. We thank you for everything that you did for us, past, present, and future. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would stand by us and stand by by the Adam family, Lord, as they go through this hurt, the loss of a loved one, Lord. I just lost my brother about two and a half months ago, so I empathize with them because I know the hurt because I've lost my brother too this year. Now, Lord, I pray, Lord, for that if someone was listening, that they grew closer to Christ, that they have more self-esteem about themselves, that they understand, Lord, that we are somebody and that, Lord, that, that, that you don't make mistakes, Lord, with, with all you do, Lord, that we, we, even though we went into slavery, Lord, we are blessed people. We're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out, Lord. I know you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. 
We ask, Lord, that you would bless Pastor William, Lord. Give him what he stand in need. And, and bless his ministries, Lord. Bless his ministry as he go forward with all these different ministries he has, as he try to learn us about ourselves, and as he teach about Jesus the Christ, Lord. We pray, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you will stand by him each and every day, Lord, that as he go forth, that you will bless his, him and all his endeavors. Now, Lord, bless all those who participate. And I'm not going to start calling names because I'm going to forget some of the latest names. And I know a, a, a lot of the brothers' names that ministers and pastors who participate, Lord, but I want you to bless each and every one of them. Give them part of this prayer and let them know that that God is there for them always. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lord, we love you. And, Lord, as we prepare to leave this, your radio station, we pray we never leave far from your presence. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with the love of God and the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit rest and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. And God's children said amen, amen, amen. I love everybody, black, white, rich, poor, and there's nothing that anyone ever could do about it. Much love and God bless. Amen. God bless everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Breaking chains right here on YAT Radio. Take care of yourself out there, all right? God bless you. Good night.
Woo! <laughs> 
thank you for taking a listen this evening. You've been listening to History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp right here on Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Heard every Tuesday right here at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. YAT Radio logs on to leave a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence, teaching you about who you are and whose you are. It's History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp every Tuesday on YAT Radio where we are breaking chains. Being brought to you by the United Theological Seminary and Bible College. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.